Hello and welcome to another episode of the Untold Stories of Division 3. In this episode, we begin our series discussing the Nebraska Wesleyan Prairie Wolves' distant running dynasty. We plan to take a deep dive into the history of Nebraska Wesleyan and how they have become the elite-level program that they are today. We're going to speak with individuals that have had success while at Nebraska Wesleyan and hear what the most consistent recipe for that success was. On today's episode, we are joined by two men who embodied the attitude and culture of success created at Nebraska Wesleyan and who helped begin to shape what that culture and success ultimately looked like. We are pleased to welcome 1985 graduates John Ross and Ron Moran. This was a very fun conversation that Tanner and I both enjoyed. Although early on in the conversation, we unfortunately lose John due to some technical difficulties, and the remainder of the episode is solely with Ron. We hope you enjoy it. All right. Um, so thank you again. We're joined here with uh, John Ross and Ron Moran. Um, just to throw a little accolades out there, Ron is first in the 1500 in school history, first in the indoor mile. Ron is sixth in the outdoor 800. John is fifth in the 1500. John is eighth in the outdoor 5K and fifth in the indoor 5K. And both are on the school record holding four by 800 meter team and finished fifth fastest DMR in school history. And before I leave this one out, because I got a little beef from it from uh, John through Ron, uh, school record holding team at the Drake Relays um, for the DMR as well. So obviously exhausting to say so many records. I mean, 35 years old is what we're coming up on. And they're joining us tonight. So really cool. Both All-Americans, Hall of Famers in Weston and, you know, fulfilling career careers, educating our future. So um, just welcome. I appreciate it again. And uh, yeah, let's get started. Chad, take it away with the uh, first question for us. Yeah, of course. So um, with that, we just wanted to kind of, you know, talk to you guys about what what your experience was like at Nebraska Wesleyan. Obviously, Tanner and I had an incredible experience and we know that there's so many people out there like you guys that um, have had incredible experiences as well. Um, but, you know, obviously those accolades are incredible. And, you know, Tanner just took what, two minutes to read them off. So we just were curious based on, on that success that you guys, you know, you had um, your own personal success. What was, uh, what was your own personal drive um, that made you successful what was it was it was it strictly that of your own drive was it the culture in the team what was it that that helped you thrive at Nebraska Wesleyan hey first of all thanks for thinking about um, the historians in your program you know 35 years ago is a long time just to give you an idea we were um, the track, the all-weather, beautiful track that you ran on, we ran on a dirt track at uh, on every day. The campus really is amazing now. It's fun to go back and see um, all the fantastic changes that have happened since we've left. <laughs> but also, we got to get the elephant in the room out of the way. Did you say fifth all-time DMR? No, I said fifth indoor, first outdoor. 
I did not say that just to have you repeat yeah, that. You I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you you know why we were fifth. There, that's the story at Kansas City, John, where they kicked you out of the meet. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I <laughs> we would have we probably was, uh, won. <laughs> I don't know about that, but um, real quickly, uh, um, the story Ron's talking about, we showed up, um, we had lost the coach that recruited us, Jeff DeGraw, um, to a laundry list of infractions um, (laughs) that should have probably put him in a federal prison. But but, uh, anyway, we lost, um, there were some, people put in the place of our coaches that didn't, you know, the NCAA track and field meets are, there's tons of rules and you need to get your athletes in. And anyway, they did not scratch me out of um, the three mile. I happened to qualify for um, a few different events. And so the three miles on like Thursday night or Friday night. So we showed up to run the mile on Saturday and this is at on the boards in Kansas City where it's a 12-lap to a mile track. Um, yeah, we didn't have the 200 indoor tracks like you young pups do now. But <laughs> Anyway, I can remember saying, yeah, we're here to check in for the mile. He goes, oh, you're John Ross. Um, you're out of the meet. <laughs> and, I was, and my dad um, and his buddies – all climbed into a very small gas economical car to get to Kansas city to watch me run. And then I was out of the meet. Uh, Coach Boeing did have some, some good wisdom. He said, you know, the way I reacted to um, this unfortunate thing is how the whole team is going to react. Um, So I just kind of flowed with it. And inside, you know, this was my senior year. I had not become an all American yet. So I was, uh, I was, you talked about drive for some reason, um, you know, the, the title of all American just was something that drove me every summer of training all the time. And this was one more opportunity that I did not get to, uh, to try to become an all American. That's, that's how I remember it. Yeah. And you can imagine here's my best friend and my training partner and, he gets DQ'd from the meet, and then I have to run the prelims and then the finals. But then the DMR, that's why I was kind of joking because, as you guys know, the way you make up the time in a DMR is with your three-quarter leg and your miler, and we had to do some juggling and move people here and there. So, yeah, that one's kind of a fuzzy one. You know, what I'll, <laughs> what I'll say about – my experience at Westland, I went there as a boy and came out a man. I met professors. I met teammates. I met my wife there. You know, it just changed my life. It made me grow up. Experience, you know, just Westland was just a great place for me to, you know, mature as a runner. And, you know, Division Three, you got to understand, we we're on the groundbreaking part of it. In 1985, that was the first time they had indoor nationals in division three track. And we went out to Lewiston, Maine to Bates college and 
I was running into schools I'd never heard of, like Colby and Brandeis and getting beat by guys in the mile that uh, it's fun for me. When I look at the results of national meets and I got fourth five times at nationals and I got third a couple of times, uh, the guys that beat me, I looked the other day, they still hold school records at those schools. So I at least knew I was getting beat by good guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, absolutely. I mean, you're a school record holder yourself, so. You yeah, in fact, time. I used to used to reminisce with Mike Morgan, you know, a great runner at Westland and that they would talk about the year John and I went to Ohio and he made All-American in the 5,000. And I was all American in the 1500. It was a blanket finish in the 1500. I mean, first through six was kind of a pick 'em race. And have the AccuTrack back then. <laughs> if they had a VCR camera, we were lucky. <laughs> and so they announced the results, and they say Moran sixth. And I looked at Ted and Dale Bradley, our distance coach. I said. I did not get sixth. I know I got fourth. And they were looking at me funny because they're like, well, we got to put up some cash if we want to, you know, uh, put up a, uh, you know, like a red flag to have them look at the videotape. I'm like, what? And so they had (laughs) us on the award stand. I was on the sixth place place. And in the middle of it, they come down and move me to fourth. And Ted told me that if they w- if they got their uh, appeal right, they get their money back. If they were wrong, they kept their money. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, it's just weird things like that. You know, it, it would never happen today with just the systems they have. But that was kind of the times we were in. And, um, you know, I again, I, I can remember the guys that beat me in all those races, you know, the, it's the same schools, you know, it, it was, one of them was from North central. One of them was from, uh, Wisconsin Stevens point. And I, I remember their names like it was yesterday, but, um, yeah, I, I just remember places that framed at and different workouts we did. And that, that was the whole fun. Let me give you one other quick one. You guys still there? Yeah, yep, yep, and John, John, will, John will find this interesting. I look at our, you know, you you look at recruiting classes and stuff. But if John, if you think about, basically that Jeff DeGraw brought in six guys, and he just called it his dream class. This class of graduates of high school of 1981, and it was John Ross, Ron Moran, Mike Wollers, Darren Hahn, Willie Wilson, and Aaron Keeley. And I, I tell you guys, go look up in the books. Four of those guys are in the Hall of Fame, and two of them were academic All-American. I mean, all six were just top-notch student-athletes. And um, it just, you know, we were around excellent. And I, we had some – there was some good distance runners in the 70s at Wesleyan, but I really feel like our class was kind of that springboard to kind of get things going and – um, you know, just kind of the things that you guys take for granted, uh, 
I mean, we knew Ted Bowling when he was a shot put coach, not a distance coach and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's really cool. Um, but you guys, you talk about you talk about Division Three, and it's just it really is a student athlete bit. And it took me, I'm going to be honest with you, two and a half years at Wesleyan to get that figured out. And um, it just it just was the right setting for me. In fact, uh, my daughter, who's a junior in college, just transferred to Wesleyan, so we're just delighted that she's there now. Oh, that is awesome! Yeah. I yeah. think really cool. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat you were. You know, like I went in as a boy, just wanting to run, kind of for fun. And yeah. Then, you know, I fell in love with running. You know, I met my wife there. Um, then I kind of just grew up and you know tried became a leader of the team and I, I left a man, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. The development that happens. I don't really know if it's. It's the it's the culture, it? but it's it's also you know you got to give yourself some credit. It's it's you, you know, um, and I know it steered me to my career. I uh, just retired after teaching science for ten years, and then I was a guidance counselor for twenty one years. And you know, I always remember a quote, and I share it at a lot of the camps I talk at. Is you know if if you really want to be a great runner, you, you need to balance the arrogance of your ambition with the humility of your training. So, you know, you got to really believe you can do it. And I got that training with guys like John, but you also need to have the humility to know, boy, that, that might be kind of fast. You, you really can't take it for granted and get cocky about it. You got to put the work in and, you know, that's that's where it's a nice balancing of the culture, but also the people are around. If you know, you know, if your teammates, and you know, the guy's doing the work, you owe it to him and the kind of yourself to do it, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a question for you is, is you mentioned it was the culture and then you mentioned schools like Wisconsin Stevens Point, North Central, they've been around for that long. And, you know, we've kind of been around for that long. Do you know the difference between kind of what they do differently and what we do differently to, you know, develop student athletes and develop, you know, successful athletes as a result? You know, what, what I, I think one thing they do is they, they can draw more kids. So they'll have a bigger pool, you know, and Mm -hmm. they can, you know, if, if, and Ted's done a great job building up Wesleyan's program, but, like I said, when, when we came in to Westland, I think we had just four or five distance runners that came in. Now, those four that I mentioned, me, Roscoe, and Darren Hahn and Mike Woolers turned out pretty good. But, um, you know, I think some of those programs kind of have a, a numbers just because of the population sometimes in their states, too. They can draw more people and um, – you know, they can pile on the mileage and just take the six or seven survivors. Whereas, as you guys know, if you have a possible ache or pain, Ted will be very careful with you. One thing you guys, you guys benefited from is you you had a good schedule, too. We raced every single weekend in September and October of cross country, and it just it just fries you, you know, that's not, that's not good racing type 
stuff, but um, it's just a whole different gig nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. No, I remember John John telling me about that about racing. I didn't feel like high school's changed. At least coaching in Arizona, um, you know, high school's definitely changed. Like we, our top guys only race, you know, four or five times. It's kind of translated to that college culture of, you know, not burning kids out, doing it the right way. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, people should. You you have training cycles, you know, and you you should train for kind of a 10 to 14 day period and then race a little and then same thing create a cycle and you know i know i shared i i kept running logs throughout college so when ted really started taking over and had gary wasserman and matt byington and some of these good runners through the 90s he'd call me up once in a while and i'd look at my logs and tell him what workouts I did, you know, leading up to nationals and stuff like that. So, um, you know, he, he, he kind of learned what works and what doesn't, but he also caters it to the individual. I'm sure he trained each of you a little bit different and, you know, kind of worked your strengths and so on. So when you were a coach in Grand Island, did you have – get them to do did you get them to do that so they can kind of follow along about you know what may cause injury how to train better how to do that yeah i was i was lucky i volunteered for about 10 years and it just cycled through some real good kids that totally got it the thing you got to work with uh, high school coaches is you know they got to race every week but you know if you're a if they think you're a miler, they want to put you in the mile every invite or every meet. And, you know, I'm like, no, let's put them on a, in an open 800 or on a mile relay, you know, any distance runner, a mile relay is going to do you a world of good, you know, go on it and run a quarter. So the main thing I try to do is at least get the head coach to understand you need to race them in different events. Now at the district and state meet, what do you want them in? And that's what will go. But then I'm going to build other races into their uh, training cycle. You mentioned a few things about kind of high school programs, college programs. Um, You know, what do you, what do you think best, you know, defines or helps build a successful program? You know, what's, what's their secret recipe for success in culture? Well, I think, um, you know, you just got to incorporate the training, uh, but with high school kids, it's really important for them to understand, you know, things like sleep and getting rest and, you know, kind of the right attitude. And if you're stressed out with some schoolwork or a homecoming date or something like that. And, and then another one is just, you know, the nutrition and the importance of hydration and drinking water. And because um, so many high school kids that I've coached, you know, they think, oh, if I just come to practice and run the meet, they don't quite get, yeah, you should take a nice slow run on the weekend and you should try to eat right, sleep right, and kind of make it a lifestyle and not just an after school activity. And 
it's amazing if they start improving and have success in it, you know, then, then they have a better attitude about it. Not that everybody has to win races, but just that's the beauty of our sport. You know, you can, you know, make your own goals and, you know, find where your improvement is. So um, I did, I think if you can get a couple people in your program runners, that is, and, kind of be good examples of those things it just it just trickles down to everybody oh for sure for sure and what about those guys this was always difficult i know in our program was those guys that you know just don't want to buy in to the culture or to uh to the team and to the overall outcome or overall goal of the team what like what were those uh hardships that you guys faced did you guys have people like that on, I mean, being as successful as you were, you know, it it almost seems like it's hard. You'd be hard pressed to find guys like that, but I'm sure, I'm sure there was maybe, I I don't know. Can you talk about that a little bit? You you know, not so much at Wesson, but you know, if, if I, like when I was coaching kids and if, you know, if they were just out to be out for an activity, but not really into the sport, I tried to do some different workouts you know, whether it's kind of a, a relay type thing, pair them up with some of the good people and kind of force them to kind of engage in the activity or the workout a little more and take some pride in it. Um, and I, I tried to, you know, just find some uh, workouts that worked for them. You know, everybody's got certain things that, you know, I, I would get a lot of soccer players out that maybe didn't want to, run a long uh, long run but they uh, they didn't mind some speed workouts so you know just mixing up some workouts I think to kind of trip their trigger a little would help um, but I, I had one guy that he he always would come to the meet and then famously say oh I forgot my shorts or my top and thinking he wouldn't have to race and so <laughs> I I just learned to bring extra clothing and He's, he pulled that. He said, Hey, I forgot my meat shorts. I can't run. I go, Oh, it's your lucky day. I got every size here. What size are you going to wear? Cause I go, <laughs> your, your punishment is you're running a 5k. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So just a few more for you. So, you know, you've mentioned high school bunch, so obviously you're an educator of the future and, and when, you, when getting a group of people to run together, especially in cross country, I, I think of like, you know, famous coach, Greg Popovich, Spurs basketball head coach, and, and his ability to create team cohesion and making teams that work together. Um, uh-huh. So he doesn't have the most talent, but maybe he has a system where his teams fundamentally outperform their opponents by working in unison. So, you know, when building a team or getting people to act together, do you think it's, it's the culture that needs to be fostered or is it the development of the athlete or is it maybe just the recruitment of like-minded people? Cause obviously you had the dream team of, four people that came together who already had kind of, you know, the tangible well, stuff did, to be successful. Yeah. Like we were talking earlier. I, I think it's a combination. I mean, I, I'm not going to say, Oh, you go out and get all the state champs from high school and bring them to Westland. You're going to have a great team because um, that doesn't always work. In fact, uh, the co- the coach that coached us for distance after the one coach left this Dale Bradley he 
he famously would always say, I'm not going to recruit class A guys anymore. The class B and C and D kids know how to work. And I didn't agree with that, but you know, that you just, I think you uh, just kind of create a culture, you know, what you want, you know, Ted understands what Wesleyan is as a school. He understands what he's going to do a template for training, you know, the long runs here, the speed workout here, the pep talk here. And he, and he's very good at pushing the buttons of each individual too. Cause I was a person that I didn't need a pep talk. I wanted to know what the workouts were and just wind me up and let's go. But there's other guys that it's more raw, raw, and they, they need that individual pep talk and so on. So I think it's a combination of, yeah, you create the culture and your training template, but also uh, you start to figure out the right people. And, you know, that class of 81 that came in, those six, six guys counting me that I mentioned, I really felt like that kind of was a template that got started. And then you can just check the record books. We started bringing in a Jeff Hang from Pius, a Scotty Etherton from Lincoln Northeast. And these guys were state champions in high school, but they became great student athletes at Westland. That's awesome. I think I've told you guys, you know, the Gary Wasserman, you know, he's my age, but he graduated you know, like six, seven years later, because he went to college when he was like 25 years old. And that's, that's a great story because Gary uh, actually went to high school here in Grand Island, Nebraska and never ran in high school. He was a butcher at Hinky Dinky and he just wanted to make money and buy a car. And then Roscoe was playing basketball against him at sports courts in college. And came to me one day and said man this guy at basketball can just run forever <laughs> that's how it all got started <laughs> coach, some, somebody talked Gary into running a road race next thing you know he's running pretty good and then we tell the Westland coaches about him they recruit him and he comes to Westland and becomes the greatest distance runner ever in the history of the program <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, John's he, but he ran, it, that's a good one it, yeah yeah that's cool that you kind of had a part in in his his progress there. <laughs> yep. In about three weeks, a lot of us will get together and run that market to market around here. It's uh, me and Mike Woolers and Gary Wasserman, Greg Hatton, who ran with us. He's a doctor in Lincoln. Uh, John Lefevre and uh, Craig Kenworthy. He's an, uh, a lawyer out in Seattle. And... Um, you know, Craig Kenworthy, he's a tremendous ultra marathoner type guy nowadays, but he actually went to Iowa State his first year out of Bellevue, and he realized those Africans that Iowa State had in the early 80s, they'd come in fat and overweight in August, and within 30 days, they were running a 29-minute 10K, so he, he knew <laughs> you know you just can't fight genetics sometimes so right he, tra- he transferred to Wesleyan and like I said he, he turned out to be a good runner for us and he also uh had, you know that's the other nice thing everybody that's on our team has had a nice career too 
Yeah, I think that's the coolest thing. And I think I think part of it is too is, you know, I think the D three experience is is just getting the guys who love the sport. You know, I mean, yeah, when we went yeah. to school there, we got one free T shirt and then maybe like one additional like maybe a cool jacket and everybody'd freak out that year like, holy cow, we got a jacket this year and it was just strictly yeah. because we love the sport and you know the things that came with it, overcoming adversity, perseverance, resilience, just the the true challenge of competition. Well, and you know, here I am, one of the better runners on the team, and uh, I pushed the shopping cart and did the team laundry. It was part of my work study money, and the guys would throw their dirty clothes in a fishnet bag and throw it in my cart, and they'd say go do it laundry boy. <laughs> you know, so, so I, I laugh, I tell people, yep, I did the team laundry. And then my younger brother who played basketball there, he did the team laundry for the basketball team. <laughs> That's hilarious. Was he like similar? Yeah. Age so you guys can hang out every once in a while. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 He's, he's four years younger, but um, you know, I was teaching in the Lincoln area right out of college. So I, I went to a lot of their home games and, and when he played at Wesleyan, they went to two final fours and had some great teams also. Awesome. So I think one of the last. Sake of it, but you know, why was it D three for you? Why D three? Yeah, it's interesting. I, when I got out of York High School, um, this that Jeff DeGraw, that coach that John mentioned, he yeah. called me. He called me every single night during high school, it seemed like. And I just I, – I went on a visit, and I liked Westland, and um, I thought, well, I thought – you know, this might be a place that could change me and change me in the sense of I, I wanted to run, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do as a student. And it took me a couple of years to sort the academic piece out. But I don't I think just the culture of it and, you know, being around kind of like minds that they were there to run, but they were there to have fun. They were there to work hard and and. and you know, move on in a career too. And, you know, even when I went to national meets and ran against good runners from, you know, those schools like Brandeis or Colby or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of the Wisconsin and Minnesota schools that they were, they were those type of motivated people. And I'm snoopy enough to look and see what some of those guys that beat me, you know, are doing now. And like one of the guys that won the national mile and beat me, he's a psychology professor at Northwestern in Chicago. You know, it's just, it's kind of cool to see some of those kind of people, you know, getting into careers and just like you did. And, um, I, I just think it's, it's that true student athlete and yeah, you just, you love it for the sport and and I obviously do because I I've run my whole life. I I still run a few miles a week and just love to do it. So, quick question for you: Where do you think our you know society has gone wrong to kind of you know I I coach at a 
obviously a more privileged high school, so it's a little different, but you know, sometimes it's, it's more extrinsic motivation. Like, you know, I want free, free stuff. I want the free backpack at the national meets, free stuff like this, you know, how, mm-hmm. where do you think something like that has gone wrong? Cause obviously your story is incredible and I'm sure you had enough success in high school to go on to a better school potentially, but you know, what, what sells that D3? What is it just that student athlete kind of focus or was it the phone calls that Jeff DeGraw gave you? You know, a lot of it was the recruitment that he that he kept telling me. He, he, you know, he kept saying to me, "Okay, you could go Division One, Ron, but and you got to understand the times in the early '80s. A lot of the All Americans were Africans or Kenyans that were coming over and going to colleges here, and so, you know." I, that's my deal. I, I wanted to run, but I wanted to run at a national meet and maybe make all American. And I thought at a smaller school, you know, being kind of that big fish in a small pond might be my opportunity. And that's what I've always appreciated about Wesleyan is if you're good enough, they will take you to meets like Drake relays, or we went to Kansas relays and um, you know, they'll take you places just like with their cross country schedule. Now they'll take you to California or Oregon or, you know, Minnesota for some big meets and uh, get you challenged and get you beat and so on. So um, I just, I think if you want to kind of be, an All-American, I think your best chances are at some of those smaller schools, but you can still get challenged and run fast also. Oh, I agree. And it doesn't – yeah, it doesn't matter the, the level, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Fast is fast at any level, and sometimes that that draw of the Division One, you know, kind of glory in a way takes guys that would – you know, otherwise probably blossom at the division three level. And it's, yeah, you know, and they're more sometimes. Yeah. And and they're more patient with you at the division three level, you know, they, cause Mm -hmm. let's face it. If you're a distance runner, your best years really are mid late twenties, even your early thirties. And um, I mean, I ran a lot faster kind of 5k and 10k times after I got out of Westland. And I was just self-coaching myself because I wasn't racing every weekend and I was taking better care of myself and so on. So, yeah, I think what I've seen, especially out of Ted and his culture and his program, he, he really brings people along and, and individually brings them along, but within a team. And I'm sure you guys experience that. And that, that's truly an art to be able to bring somebody along and challenge them and get them to their fastest times, but also within the team concept. Absolutely. I think you just, yeah, hit the nail on the bud there for sure. Um, that we had this, it was awesome, Ron, just hearing you talk about, you know, what the team was like, um, you know, back, back years before it sounds like it, you know, what, what Ted kind of, what he emphasizes now, sounds like it hasn't changed much through the years and that's that's really cool to see from you know we can just relate so much to someone that was back on the team 30 years before we were 
You bet. I, I appreciate you guys kind of discussing these things and, you know, not only as a former runner, but, you know, as a educator and just working with young people, it's, there's a, there's a lot of advice and kind of direction you can give people and programs uh, just by researching it. Yeah. yeah and it's, sure. it's fun. It's fun for John and I to kind of reminisce about it. You know, the, the alumni run, I didn't make it this past weekend, but I ran the first 20 of them. And then I went back for a few, but you know, then you get busy with family and kids and activities and things like that. So of course it's, uh, it's kind of nice to realize a couple people would want to talk to you after 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're Ron Moran, it's a, it's a big difference. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm, bum that john kind of got off the connection because I know uh, <laughs> like like i i got to introduce him at his hall of fame induction and trust me when we were in school there was no better teammate no one more admired or loved i mean by the whole team and the whole you know you know how wesleyan is the whole campus knew roscoe and yeah. he, he he's just a tremendous guy and uh, you know, it just was fun to, you know, I lived with him. I raced with him, did a lot of things with him and we still do to this day. So that's, what's kind of cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good guy. Not, not a thing's changed. I feel like, you know, every time I go to Carney, we'll go to a bar or something and I'll just be like, where the heck's John? And he's just chatting away with oh, yeah. people yeah. just running around. Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I know everybody in Carney, blah blah, blah and then, oh, I don't know you actually. Let's get to know each other. <laughs> yeah, they they were kind of nervous, you know, when when they brought John and I in as freshmen. You know, we we were kind of considered, you know, the new hot dogs and stuff, and they, they roomed us together. And we had never met till the first day of school when I walked into the dorm and. <laughs> And the coaches were kind of nervous because they're like, I don't know if we want to put, you know, these two guys together, but we hit it off from day one. And we didn't we didn't run a lot of workouts together because it would really get competitive. And so when when we did do a hard interval session, especially on the track together, it it was intense. <laughs> it was kind of trying to see who could survive and it was uh, the rest of the team would just sit around and watch <laughs> <laughs> very cool yeah he's told me a couple stories about that where even summer runs you guys just really started picking it up and before you know it, you're sprinting against each other <laughs> yeah yeah we left a lot of good races in practice that was the problem <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's it's getting late your time again. Like we appreciate you hopping on with us. This, this means a lot, you know. Like I like I said, we'll like you said, thirty five years, and you're still talking about. It. You know, me and Chad are gonna do the same thing. You know, Westland was such a great place, and it, it changed our life. And as much as we miss it, we're off to do bigger and better things. And I think that's the best part about it. And you know, we just you we just bet. Thank, thank you for thank we're thanking our elders basically, and kind of the path that you guys created. You bet. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks Ron. Ron. Have a good one. Yeah, bye-bye.